And once again, a joyful Saturday morning. Amen. Hope everyone's doing good out there in Facebook and Anchor. Amen. As we get ready to open up this week's lesson, I'm going to ask uh, Deacon Carey to go ahead and open us up with a word of prayer. <coughs> Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we're praying. Our Father, which art in heaven, Father God, we come. Lord, we just want to stop and pause once again this Sabbath morning, Father God. We want to tell you thank you, Father God, for allowing us to be here one more time. Mm -hmm. Father God, we thank you for your protection last night as we slept in slumber, Father God. And we thank you for your mighty touch that woke us to see another brand new day, Father God. And this is the day that you have made, Father God, and let us be glad and rejoice in it today, mm -hmm. Father God. And we just thank you, Father God, for just equip equipping us with uh, knowledge, wisdom, Father God, understanding, Father God, understanding uh, uh, this thing about life, Father God, learning more about you, Father God, trusting you, Father God, uh, being able to go out and spread your word, Father God, you mm -hmm. have uh, made us, Father God, and you're still working on us, Father God, and you have given us the charge, Father God, to be your ambassadors today, Father God, to be able to go out into this land, Father God, uh, spreading the gospel, Father God, seeking and saving those which are lost, Father God. And we thank you that you have delegated us with the charge. And we just ask, Father God, that you uh, that we not let you down, Father God. Mm -hmm. We ask, Father God, that we continue to uh, uh, be uh, more like you and be able to walk like you and talk like you, Father yes. God. And Lord, we ask that uh, that you uh, just to continue to just uh, lift us up, Father God, as we seek you, Father God. In the society, in this world today, Father God, nobody uh, wants to be like you, Father God, but uh, you said that you may be able to come, Father God, into a land, Father God, and you said that wherever two or three is gathered, Father God, you are in the midst, so we got four brothers right here, Father God, standing before you, Father God, ready, Father God, to proclaim your gospel, proclaim your name, Father God, seek you, Father God, be able to uh, walk according to your word. Even though, Father God, we have our own hang-up and hiccups, Father right. God, that still will not stop us, Father God, from seeking and serving you mm -hmm. and being more like you. So, Lord, we thank you today. Yeah. Father God, we ask today that you uh, bless uh, this day, bless this service, Father God. Okay. Bless uh, Deacon Stark today as he prepared to bring forth the lesson. Father God, give him clarity, give him understanding, Lord. Mm -hmm. Father God, be able to have him to be able to speak this word, Father God. And uh, someone on Anchor, Father God, or someone on Facebook Live, Father God, uh, is to be able to be perked up, Father God, and want to continue to learn more about you just through this lesson today. Father God, we ask that you bless the families across this city, Father God, that are uh, going to uh, lay their family member down to rest today, Father God. We ask, Father God, that you accept the souls, Father God, who have, uh, you decided to call home, Father God. We ask that you accept their souls into heaven, Father God. And Father God, grant these families, Father God, with peace, Father God. And have these families not to mourn as though they have no hope, Father God. We thank you, Father God, during this coronavirus, Father God. We're going to praise you in the midst of everything that's going on, Father God, because we know, Father God, you are still the true and living God. Mm -hmm. No matter what's going on in society, Great no matter you. what's going on in the world, Hallelujah. no matter what they say on TV, yeah. Father God, you are still the true and living God. 
So, Father God, have us to be able to seek your face, Father God. Yeah. Have us to be able to walk like you, talk yeah. like you, love like you. Father God, teach you like you, yes, Father sir. God. We just ask, Father God, that you just, uh, just accept the praise of our lips, Father God. We just ask, Father God, that you... Uh, just use us, Father God. Bless our Amen. bodies. Have us to be remain strong yes. and healthy today, Father God. Help us. Bless our minds, Lord, so we can think good thoughts, yeah. Father God. And bless our hearts so we can love one another. Hallelujah. Father God, this society is making us become uh, hateful and, Come uh, on, man. And, and weak, Father God. But well, we just ask today, Father God, that you have us to be able to be loving people, yeah. Father God. So uh, this world can be able to, uh, this society can change, Father God, Amen. because if we're trying to be more like you, Lord, your uh, greatest command is to love. So Amen. we just ask, Father God, that you have us be able to love our neighbors, love our brothers, our sisters, Father God, love our enemies. Lord, have us to just be more like you today, Father yes, God. Bless this ministry, Sabbath rest, Father God. Right. To continue to bless uh, Pastor today, mm -hmm. use him in a mighty way. We ask that you bless the elder today as well. Keep him encouraged, Lord. Continue to use him and bless every phase of this ministry, yes, Father sir. God, so we may be able to build your kingdom, so we may be able to seek souls, Father God. Yes. So, Lord, we thank you today. We honor you. We magnify your name. We continue to pray for the peace of Israel. As you said in your word, those who pray for the peace of Israel shall be blessed. That's right. So, Lord, we thank you. Thank Lord, you. we magnify your name. Lord, we're just excited to be in the house of the Lord, Father God. We thank you that we're not on our deathbed. Yes, we thank you that you continue to keep us safe from Corona. Mm. Father God, we thank you, Father God, Man. that we have uh, homes, Father God. We thank you that we have family love. We thank you we got clothes on our back. Pray we boy. thank you we got a little money in our pocket, Pray Father boy. God. We thank you today. Yeah. Lord, we thank you, Father Hallelujah. God. A thousand tongues couldn't thank you enough. That's Lord. right. So, Lord, we bless your name. Hallelujah. Keep us encouraged in these last and evil days. Yes, Father God. We'll be sure to give you praise, glory, and honor. Mm -hmm. It's in the name of your son, Jesus in Christ, the Messiah, name. we pray. Yeah. And all God's people say amen. 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 How good has God been? Amen. trust God. That's right. No matter what's going on, we still got to trust God. And uh, it's selfish of uh, 
when we in the flesh, it's selfish of us to, uh, yeah, we are, we're going to mourn the loss of a loved one, but uh, being in the presence of the Lord is, is probably the experience. I mean, we we only know until we get there. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, just standing in the gap for the families that are uh, maybe going through a little emotional time today. Mm -hmm. Just asking God that he uh, touch, touch them right now and comfort them. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? My testimony is this lesson. Amen. Last night, I always try not to look, go, go, start looking at the lesson too far in advance because it's a lesson plan and, and I use it as a guideline. And I don't want to start trying to read a whole bunch of my stuff into what the lesson is trying to say. So I, I go over it the night before. Amen. And last night, while I was going over it, the way some of the some of the questions he was asking in the first part of the lesson wasn't making too much sense to me. And I almost, I was getting ready to call past and I said, you know what, I'm just going to get up in the morning again, looking at it again, maybe some fresh set of eyes or whatever. So I went to bed. A lot of times I'm set on Friday night till I stay up a little later or something. But I went to bed like at 9.30. Mm -hmm. God was preparing me because the Holy Spirit woke me up at 5 o'clock this morning and put something on my heart that opened my eyes and made me see what, what, what I should be talking about. It's what God wanted me to say about Amen. this lesson. And before I start this lesson, hear me out to the end of my lesson because when I, when I say this first word starting this lesson, a lot of people are going to be, oh no, you know, they're going to start Give me an hour mm -hmm. and let this lesson, we're, we're going to see something because this lesson starts teaching us something because this whole, this whole quarter has been about, you know, Christian education. Mm -hmm. And I told you at the beginning when I did my first class, something that I wanted you to think about the whole time, keep this thought in the back of your mind, is what was God's original intent? And see, week after week, no matter Deacon Carey was doing it or I was doing it, that thought should have been in the back of your mind because it's going back to what God really intended about. Because mm -hmm. the last few lessons, we, we kind of brought it up to Jesus' time when everybody wants to consider the New Testament. But now, in this lesson, I was say, uh, you know, my first couple was all about the Old Testament. Well, now, guess what we're getting ready to do? Mm -hmm. We're getting ready to go back to the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Amen. And this is the word Sabbath, experiencing and living the character of God. Amen. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. And once again, it comes from Mark chapter 2, verses 27 and 28, like we always say, you have to to have, you have to know a little. You have to have some education when you're reading this stuff because when it says the Son of Man, you know, who's he talking about? Because some, in this, in this particular one, it's talking about Yeshua, Jesus the Christ. And it was talking about, he's saying, the Sabbath was made for man. Man wasn't made for the Sabbath. Then he's saying, I'm the Lord, so if anybody should know what the Sabbath is all about, who should you look to? And I would say Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. 
Amen. And see how what he said about the Sabbath. Mm. Amen. Jonah was the only seven-day events in her graduate program. And her choice was not to attend some social events on the Sabbath made her beliefs very visible. One day, one of her friends, Gayla, called her. Gayla's husband was going to be out of town for six weeks. And she asked Jody if she wanted to spend the next six Fridays with her because she knew Jody did nothing on those evenings anyway. <laughs> well, the next four Sabbath nights, they ate together, they played music, they shared their Christian experience, and they enjoyed each other's company. The fifth weekend, Gayla told Jody that she had been downtown shopping. And when she looked at her watch, oh good, she thought, Sabbath is very soon. Suddenly she realized that over the four Sabbath nights she had experienced something new in her Christian experience. She had grown and learned more of God and it deepened her faith. The Sabbath had been an opportunity for education and personal development. And it's an interesting story of how we can think of the Sabbath as not just a day for rest, but a means of education as well. Amen. And uh, was it you, Pastor, was you uh, in class and y'all had to do the, uh, the instructor asked y'all to uh, observe the, the, the Sabbath, you know, to keep the Sabbath. Was that you? Can you like kind of like tell the story of how you told us, you know, how how people in the class? Could you come a little close? I really, I really want people to hear this. I got you. So this is when I was in the uh, school. This when I instructed the. Uh, uh, we was going over the feast of Israel, and uh, when I was an instructor, he uh, he read ahead in the book. So he was like for the last couple of Sabbaths he had been observing the Sabbath. So he wanted the class as a basically uh, a case of homework assignment to, to, to observe the Sabbath. And me personally, I mean, you know, it wasn't a big thing that's what we do all the time. Mm -hmm. So I mean I just so I just, I mean I just, I kinda of took it lightly because like I said, because we do it all the time, it wasn't nothing new. That was the legal assignment for me. Right. But kind of went and kept to itself on the Sabbath. He went into his prayer closet, right. put a Toledo over his head. And that's really kind of like what the lesson was saying, what, what the, the, the verse says, man wasn't made for the Sabbath, the Sabbath was made for men. And when you look at this story about these two young ladies, and you see what they did, 
They ate together, they played music together, they shared their Christian experiences together, and generally they just enjoyed each other's company. That's what the Sabbath is about. It's about having time that you can come together. We always say a man wasn't made to be put on an island. All these little movies you ever seen, what was the Tom Hanks movie when he got stranded on the island by himself? He had to get a coconut and start talking to a coconut to make another companion. That's what really the Sabbath is about. It's about being able to come together and fellowship. Amen. Throw relationships out the window, because that would destroy a Sabbath in a minute. Relationship is as long as you're doing what I'm doing, what you can do, then we're happy. But the minute you do something wrong, but fellowship is that we're just coming together and we're fellowship. Now, the next they see what they did here though is you gotta understand Hebrew culture. This was called the, this was called when the sacrament, when the sun went down, that's the evening, that's when the evening comes in. That's the evening. And if you really go look at how, see, we, we kind of had stuff backwards too. They shared, the Hebrews and stuff shared their fellowship meal on Friday evening. That's when they came together, they lit the candles on the nerve. And uh, those of y'all who are uh, uh, celebrating Hanukkah, go, go look it up and find out what Hanukkah really is. And understand what the, what the representation of the lighting of the seven candlesticks is. But see, that's what they do on the Sabbath. They would light the candles, they would come together. And I found that there was a prayer that the, uh, the father would do for the wife, the wife would make a prayer for the husband, then the husband would pray for the children. That, that's what they came together to do the night before, they fellowship. Now, do we have to do that for Babel? <laughs> Can't we take at least some of the things on Friday evening? And then fellowship. Now, when they woke up on Sabbath morning, when the sun came up, they went to the synagogue as was their custom. Yeah. That's when now we're getting ready to go in here and learn about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Time to be astonished. Have you ever wondered why God chose to give us two harmonious creation accounts in the first two chapters of Genesis, and we'll get into that in just a minute. Genesis 1 recounts the creation week and the growing wonders of the earth as it was given, formed, and then life, accumulating in the creation of man and woman on the sixth day. Genesis 2 looks at the same account, but from a different perspective, with a special focus on the sixth day. Adam is at the center of the picture now, and everything, is, everything is described as being there for him in the woman and the woman, the garden, the rivers, and the animals. Creation was too deep for one singular account. First, we learn of a powerful, artistic creator who has an eye for perfect beauty. Then we meet, then we meet the God of relationship who wanted humanity to love and care for each other and the rest of creation. Amen. All right. Amen. What we have here in Genesis chapter 1, this is where we get what we taught, we were taught here how to read your Bible. 
the first chapter one is just an observation. You're reading it and you observe it. You're not putting anything into it. Chapter two, we go into the interpretation. Because it goes back. See, that's what throws a lot of people off. When you read Genesis chapter one, and you see God created, you know, this, and he said this, and this was, and this was, and this was. And then it said, let us make man in our image. Then, also, chapter 2 does not really start where it starts for us with the Sabbath. That should still be in chapter 1. For whatever reason, when people were writing the Bible, they, they throw some chapter breaks in the middle of, of some stuff that, you know, sometimes it complexes. We always use the one about Romans. You got to really read 7, 8, 9, and almost 10 to get the whole thought of what Paul was saying, but there's three chapters there. But that would just be like one paragraph in his letter. Now chapter 2, because when it starts out, it starts talking about the Sabbath. Well, if he did these six things, wouldn't he have did the seventh one? Shouldn't that all be in the same thought pattern? I'm just throwing that out there, just to learn about these breaks in chapters. Because sometimes when you want to get your chapter reading in, and you read the one or two chapters, and then you look at the edge of the cliff, because you didn't go to the end to see what the outcome was. Now when we look at verse chapter 2, starting down where it says, This is the history of heaven and earth when they were created. And this starts in verse 4. This is really the start of chapter 2 because the Sabbath would have been up in chapter 1 because it was talking about it seven days. I looked this up in another uh, translation. It says generations. Probably if you're reading the, 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 the King James, I'm reading the New King James Version. It says generations. But now we're getting to the history. We, we read chapter 1 and we saw all the stuff that God created. Now he's going to go back and he's going to specifically talk about the sixth day when he created man and woman. Okay. He didn't create them here. He's telling the, the story of the creation of them. He created them in chapter 1 when he said, let us create man in our own image and in our own likeness. Now he's telling how this came to be. And what also he granted him, the powers that he gave. Because it says Genesis 1 and 2 we're supposed to say, read Genesis 1 and 2 and reflect on how the first Sabbath, that's Genesis chapter 2, 1 through 3, link back to the first creation story and forward to the second account. How do your conclusions help you understand what God's blessing of the Sabbath and making it holy means? See, that's the question that I had last when I'm looking at. See, that's a pretty deep question. You know, be going over in an hour long you know, weekly Sabbath lesson. Because when you read, it says you gotta read both for time constraints. That's what I'm saying, for time constraints, we really can't go back when I'm reading one and two. But see, it says, and reflect back on how the first Sabbath links back to the first creation story and forward to the second account. Where we see that God said, what did God do on what the seventh day was? He rested. What does the word Sabbath mean? Rest. See, that's why we always say here is a little joke, you know, with, with, with how we say it. The name of our church is 
Well, we're using rest twice. Really, if you want to translate it into the original Hebrew, rest, it's rest, rest, rest non-denominational ministry. So what is it? It's a key to some rest. If God rested, why shouldn't we rest? Technically, it's ceasing rest. Because when you look at the translation of the word Shabbat, it actually means cease. You know, and, and uh, rest is just like one of the definitions that come under. But on the creation account, Genesis chapter 1 is a general overview of all of creation. And Genesis chapter 2 is a specific account of they man's series. That's why I'm saying they series. Yeah. And that's why it's important. See, that's why I said the first part was just read the story and just observe it. Now when we get into chapter 2, now, now we're getting into the interpretation of what happened on the sixth day. Now notice, the only thing that chapter 2 goes back and, and, and interprets is the creation of man. He didn't go back and start telling you why he created the heaven and earth. He didn't tell you why he separated the earth from the water. The only thing chapter 2 is, so that's the interpretation of man. What was God's original intent? See, right here, just in, in just the first two chapters of Genesis, you see the, the, the principle that we always use here of God's original intent and God's first mention. And observation, interpretation, and application. That's where you get the biblical principles. And see, that's what the Holy Spirit hit me with last, I mean, at 5 o'clock this morning. That's what he hit me. When we're trying to look at this, how can we make this day holy? Just go back and read the text. And all he said was after he created everything, he rested. Amen. Now, after, now hold up now. Why didn't he go into chapter 2 in chapter 1? Like when he said, let us create man in our image and our likeness, why didn't he start explaining all this when he created the man? Why did he say he just created the man? In his image, definitely alone. But then when he comes back in two, he starts telling you even a deep, what, what, even a deeper thing that he did for man. Because that's when he breathed the breath of life into, and he became man. See, so when we read, you know, sometimes it, it, it sometimes us confusing, you know, because he talked about this already, but now he's talking about it again. No, it's not. He's leading you into a deeper meaning of man. Why is man so, and Pastor used one, one of the uh, favorite ones that I had, was, I think it was in your sermon, Psalms chapter 8. What is, my, what is man that you are mindful of him? What is man that you're concerned about him, that you made him a very, you made him a little lower than Elohim, and, and Pastor explained that very well. We're not made lower than angels. We made Lord than God Himself, His Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's Elohim. That's three beings in one. Amen. We made below them because see, He didn't say nothing else about none of the creation. He don't even talk about the. He don't even talk about the other angels that was in heaven because Pastor did a very good job also explaining you who Lucifer was. You know, they don't talk about him in the creation story. It goes right from what He did to man. Imagine yourself as Adam and Eve. Now, come on, can you? <laughs> no, really. 
you know, people, we, we want to play plays and, and, and make movies and everything else and have people play Adam and Eve. Yeah, yeah. Imagine yourself as Adam and Eve on the first Sabbath. Because remember now, if they made them, they had to go another whole week before they get to the Sabbath. It's your first day of life. It's your first day with your spouse. How many think back, you know, when we got married? You know, the wedding day, the honeymoon night. Yeah. All that. And it's your first day with God. Think about, I mean, can we really fathom that? Because just think, just think about the wedding day and the wedding night. That'd be enough, wouldn't it? But now all of a sudden you're with God who created you. Because remember now, this is before the fall. God is with, they, they, can, they see God. They walk with God. What a day of education. You start to learn a God who created such beauty. You marvel as you see an elephant one moment, a frog the next, each unique. You smile as you see the antics of a giraffe or a buffalo. You are silent in all of many colors and shapes, enraptured by the sympathy of the sympathy of sound. You revel in the range of delights in a taste and smells, and you enjoy exploring the delights of different textures. Most of all, you start learning about relationship, and once again, I'll say fellowship, responsibility, caring, love. You experience it with your creator. You start to practice it with the rest of creation. The first Sabbath could not have been a passive experience for Adam and Eve. It was a God-created opportunity for them to focus on their creator and the creator. Amen. It was a time but for them to be astonished. Amen. Amen. I mean, just yeah. see, be, just think you could go back as a child. You know, like, you know, when, when you learn this stuff, like, like, you know, when you first touch stuff and you know, you feel good, because like right now, we, we got uh, Jamal. You know, we keep Jamal alive. You know, when, when he kind of like experiences things for the first time, you like the first time you take him out and put him down in the grass, and you know, the little foot comes back, and you know, that's how Adam and Eve was. Yeah. They were just like those infant children, because everything that they had was new to them. Like you said, can you imagine seeing an elephant big as a, you know, tons of an animal? Then you see a frog hopping by. See a buffalo roaming around. See, we take a lot of these things for granted. But that was the creation. You know, everything was in harmony. The lion could walk by the sheep and didn't want to eat it. You know, talked about the snake. Yeah. When you said that it's a time for them to be astonished, it thinks about the first time when you was a kid where you went to the zoo and uh, you was able to see all the animals at the zoo. Now the zoo has the, the plexiglass and things like that for the protection of us, but God's intent was for all of us to roam together 
snake, like you say, the 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 the, the snake playing with the yeah, in you know the yeah 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 exactly. So it it's a when you said that it took me back to like the first time you go to a zoo and you see all the animals, all the precious animals that God created. And even this, even a better one would be like whenever you take a kid to like a pet museum. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I thought about yeah. you know we took day day to a pet you know where they can really get in with the animal and you know pet a little goat, pet a little sheep, you know get on the. You know, in the sea turtle, big old sea turtle, you can sit out in the sea turtle riding. Yeah. That's what Adam and Eve was experiencing. It's a list of different educational opportunities that Adam and Eve had during their first Sabbath. Which of these opportunities would still be relevant, relevant today, even in a different form? And how can it enrich your Sabbath? Now, if we were to go read the whole story, starting at chapter two, I found first and foremost, they had to obey. He gave them a command. He gave them free will of everything but one thing. They got to create. Remember now, Adam got to name all those animals. God created the animals, but it was Adam who named them. So we have a creative power. He taught them how to create. Mm-hmm. Taught them how to provide. Taught them how to listen. Which kind of goes back to the word obey. Listen to God. And how to interact with each other. Not only but see, God was also teaching Adam how to interact with Eve. See, sometimes when we, we, we think about this stuff, like we always say, we don't know how long the garden was here before the fall. Yeah. We don't know how long they interacted. Yeah. Like I always say, we can't read how we read it and think, you know, he, yeah, we created, I created you this day and you fell the next day. I don't think that's really how that worked. Because if he was teaching them stuff, how long would, okay, this is the first day you've just seen the animals in different shapes and colors. Of, now didn't he have to start teaching them about that stuff? How were they going to know how to take care of the garden? What was God coming down in the cool of the evening to do? That's when they were listening to God and they were learning things. Now, how does this carry over now? Well, if you had a Holy Spirit in you, shouldn't you still be listening? <laughs> Just like I said this morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, I woke up. I didn't, man, when I first, and you know how I did, I looked at that clock and seen it was 5. Like, man, Lord, you gotta be kidding. I wasn't gonna get up there. But then all of a sudden, something said, man, look, this is how you need to talk about this lesson. This, these are the things I want you to talk about in this lesson. Now, what's on? Use the paper as the guideline, but I'm going to show you something. And that's how, that's why I got my little list. That was the one where I, I was still laying in bed. I was still contemplating, but at least I was up. Yeah. And then he was saying, man, didn't I just, just teach you how to obey? And how can we do it? Then it says, how can it enrich your Sabbath? Well, first you need to obey what God said. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you should work, seven you should rest. Also, when you come here, we should be listening. This is where we get our Christian education. Same thing that we've been talking about. If it's not coming out, the book 
that's not Christian education here. That, that's uh, what they want to call them. That's the little feel good messages. That's the little, uh, what's the little word they use for the, uh, yeah, there's another word like the, uh, everybody wants to get on the little circle, give the little speeches. Nah, it's, it's what I can't think of. You know how you go around. Oh, the self-help or the self-help stuff and all of that. You know, we teach you how to live a good life, but ain't none of it coming out of the Motivational speech. Motivational speech. And really and truly, we have too much motivational speaking and not enough of what does Teach another word. Amen. Amen. And he's telling us, I mean, when we read this right here, who did, who did, who did Adam and Eve get their stuff from? God. But now I gotta come out here and give you a motivational speech <laughs> to make you feel good. But I never say nothing about God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit through the whole thing till I get to the end and I'm gonna holler Jesus' name one time. In Jesus' name. But you ain't said nothing else that's in the book. We just make up a whole bunch of stuff, make people feel good. Amen. So that's how you enrich the Sabbath by obeying what the world said. Like we teach here. Get out of this habit of trying your best. I mean, sometimes I still do it. Stop calling it the law. That's not what Torah translates into. It's the book of instruction. And if we start looking at it as an instruction instead of a law, it'll take away some of our stuff to be wanting to be disobedient to. Because like I said, I, I always thank God for uh, Pastor Smith and Dr. Wiggins and how they, they, they taught us. And, and Pastor and I was around it a lot. We went to extra classes and stuff. And we understand the human mind. And the human mind, like Pastor, if, you, if there's a law, we can find a way to break it. But now what happens when it's an instruction? You might or might not. <laughs> but you're more inclined to maybe pay attention to it. You're going to bump your head a couple. It's just like when we try to put stuff together without the instruction. Yeah. We'll try it first, and when it comes out wrong, then we'll go turn around, go get the instruction book, and do it by the instruction and find out it works. But first, we want to try to put it together our way. And that's how it is with this book. It's like anything else. Okay, I, I don't need the instructions. I got this on my own. Then all of a sudden, when you go back and read this stuff, and be like, man, I went through all this, and it's already in. You told me what, was going, what the outcome was going to be. So some of the things that we, and, and this part about create, that's what I really, I wanted to focus on this create part. Say you're an author and you write a book. That's a creative power. You're an artist. You paint a picture. That's a creative power. You're a musician and you write the music or you write the lyrics. That's a creation. He gave us the ability to create things. And sometimes we get so focused on, you know, we want these little spiritual things. He's shown us, you had, all of us have some kind of creative power. Elder work, you know, woodwork, you know, he, he's good. When he, when he does furniture, the, the furniture and stuff he makes. Mm -hmm. See, we all have a creative power to create something. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what was in this first thing. He was telling you, he, he gave Adam the ability to call all the animals. 
Yeah, yeah you, you pretty much, you got to, God bless us all with a talent. And we have to be careful for going out, using our talent for the, for, for the devil instead of using our talent for God. And then when you, you need God, he gonna tell you, I gave you a talent and you went out to serve the devil with it. You know, but he gives us an opportunity to, to repent, but we have to make sure that we're using our talent for God and not for the world. So I find my creative thing is I can make people laugh. There's a lot of times
It also becomes a clear signal to other nations of the special relationship between God and this nation. Okay, the nation that he's talking about specifically right here is Israel. Now, didn't we talk about observation, interpretation, and application? Mm -hmm. How does that apply to me now? Mm -hmm. Well, if you don't know Romans, and don't know that you've been grafted in to the family of Israel with a Hebrew, what's that? Through Christ. Through Christ. <coughs> this kind of goes over your head, and you think all you're doing is reading the history book. Yeah. But if you really catch that key, because the saying is a clear signal to other people of the special relationship between God and his people. Black. That's taking the observation from the nation yeah. and then making it applicable in your life. You know how other people look at you because you're not grafting into the family of God. Somebody get Exodus chapter 16, Got it. read verses of 14 through 29. Amen. I'm going to be reading from the New Living. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frosted blanket the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, it is the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it is need. Pick up two quarts. For each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over. And those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Then Moses told them, do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept it kept some of it until morning but by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell Moses was very angry with them after this the people gathered the food morning by morning each family according to its needs and as the sun became hot the flakes they had not picked up melted and disappeared on the sixth day they gathered twice as much as usual four quarts for each person instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Today will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. So they put aside, they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, and leftover food was wholesome and good without maggots or odor. Moses said, eat this food today, for today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground today. You may gather the food for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day. There will be no food on the ground that day. Some of the people went out anyway on the Sabbath day, but they found no food. The Lord asked Moses, how long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. 
This is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day, so there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh, on the seventh day. So the people did not gather any food on the seventh day. I know I went a little long, but you got to complete the whole Amen. Amen. All right. <laughs> Sounds like a sitcom. <clears throat> what lessons are there for the Israelites to learn? Well, like I always say, the first and foremost one is obedience. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next, they learned that God was a provider. What else did they learn? <laughs> There are rules and regulations. Yeah, yeah. There's instruction. He instructed them how to do it, what would happen. So he laid it out. So, so first is obedience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God's a provider. He gives you instruction. But once again, we're gonna, when I go in, we're going to talk about a couple of things. Because now, we're going to see some of our family members in here. Good and bad. Yeah. God provides the miracle of manna for the Israelites. Now I really want you to see a lot of times we think that this was just a regular old bread. Now remember before they left Egypt, before they left Egypt, didn't he say that you were supposed to roast the man and then yeah. you were supposed to make a bread with no yeast? Mm -hmm. Well we know about that because yeah. when we do our when we do our uh, communion service, there are times when Pastor Faith bake the bread without yeast. And, you know, we break it off and we have the bread that they talk about in the pot. Unleavened, yeah. Now, come on. When we do that, does that bread really have anything? Mm. We ain't putting no garlic butter on it. <laughs> we ain't sprinkling no cheese on top and melting it down. But now, what did it say about this bread that they ate that came from him? That it was sweet as a honeycomb in your mouth. Now, it's already sweet. Let's keep going. We're going to get there. Giving them just enough food for each day. If he gave them more than the amount, if he gave them more than the amount, they might forget who their provider was. So every day he performed a miracle for them and they saw God's care. <coughs> On the Sabbath, however, the situation was different. Just as the day was to be special, now, two miracles were performed. Double the food on Friday, mm -hmm. and the food didn't spoil overnight. Mm -hmm. That left the Sabbath for the Israelites to marvel at God, who was their deliverer, and to rediscover what it meant to be people of God. Now, let's just go back. This <coughs> mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. How many had greedy family members? Just like what it said. Because now notice when, when Carrie was reading it, it said it still had. Now these are the people who seen the who seen them come out of Egypt, saw Pharaoh and his army destroyed, seen the pillar of fire and the cloud follow them day after day. They still don't want to listen to it. <laughs> they had water come out on rocks. Now, when they got hungry, because see, when they first came out, don't you think they had some of that food left over? Yeah. You know, you're not, when you evacuated, then you start packing a whole bunch of snacks in that trunk, too? 
You just didn't take your clothes. All of us had coolers and bags full of food and snacks. Okay, that's how they came out. Now all of a sudden when they got hungry, they asked God, oh, you just brought us out of this wilderness to die? Heaven, not bread. This ain't bread. This is manna. Now, he gives it to them. He said, every day you go out here and it's going to be like doing the ground and you go out and you take your two quarts for everybody that's in your house. Now, KJ ain't going to eat no two quarts, so don't you get that. <laughs> That's what I say. Everybody got two quarts now. All right, but on the, on the, the preparation day, they got four quarts. Now, it didn't spoil. They ain't had no refrigerator. They ain't had dry ice. They even had no snow that they could go packing in. Hmm. We gotta go read them little pioneer stories to know what that was about. They didn't have no smokehouse where they could smoke it and it'll last. Hmm. It lasted till the Sabbath day that they ate. Now for the ones that went out and got more than they should, they greeted family member on Thanksgiving. He arrived in the city and had magazines. But you still had people. Now, don't you? And just let's be real. First time it happens, that's okay, that's just a coincidence. Don't you think they had some of the people went out there and tried to get some more? Don't you think they had some trying to get more than two quarts? I mean, it's just human nature. But here God was providing. Some want to call it angel bread. It's not angel cake. But it was manna from heaven. So God provided for them each and every day. Hmm. And here we are. We get provided for each and every day. Mm -hmm. But we want to be just like uh, Elder always used the little analogy. We want to be them little New Testament Jews. We do the same thing. And we provide for each and every day. Amen. Because I was just thinking, I was listening, you know, they, they had the stimulus package and they're arguing back and forth. They got the one bill that, you know, they want to go ahead and extend the unemployment for people, you know, give them the extra money and stuff. Then they had the other one where they want to stand the stimulus checks. Now, I, I was thinking last night when I heard this, I said, you know, really and truly, that's how greedy we are. How many people sitting around waiting for twelve hundred dollars? No, but don't bunch. you get a paycheck every week? <laughs> Wait, every other, I mean, you get a payday. Yeah. But you got these people who lost their jobs through no fault of their own. But you rather get your little twelve hundred dollars than see these people provided for. It's that same mentality, greed. Hmm. So when we're reading these stories, don't don't get so hard on these Jews. Amen. Or Hebrew, I call them Jews. I try not to use Jews, but I use it in this context because you know they was greedy, they was arrogant, it was all about themselves. The same way we are. We want how many people speaking up say, "Hey, man, I don't need. Don't send me the twelve hundred dollars, man. Get them people they want to point. Not the lazy slugs that's laying around not doing nothing, but they actually had people who, because of this virus and because of restrictions, can't work. Mm -hmm. Them people need a check. It's not their fault they was working. But here we are. I don't know, I'm waiting on my $1,200. Mm -hmm. 
Now, if they send it to me, I ain't gonna send it back. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not, I'm not sitting around waiting for it. Now, because I understand that God has provided for me and my family. Amen. Me and my wife can both go to work. Amen. I, that's my provision. That's the God sending me manna from heaven. Amen. Because I can eat each and every day. So how do you take this story out of Genesis and make it applicable in your life right now? God is still providing for you. Amen. But how many times do we do we really see that? The Israelites were to eat this man 40 years. Now, I don't know. I, even I might be complaining after a while. I might be one once and once of me. <laughs> Not a vegetarian type. But for 40 years, this, this, this manna was coming down. <coughs> but see, too, I always think back because Pastor can attest to this, Elder can attest to this. I was never in wartime, but I do remember going out to them fields for 30 days. <laughs> you a hot breakfast, and then you, whenever the, the, the cafeteria, I mean the uh, mess trailer really got out there, you might get some hot meals every now and then. And we had, when we went in, we had them sea rats, but you did. They, they already had the MREs with, with the other ones. But me and Pastor, remember them sea rat came. Now here we are, too. We're just like these people, because we're kind of complaining about these sea rats, because man, they had some <laughs> stuff on some of them sea rats. Now they had some good ones, too. You're lucky you get a good one, you was all right. But if you got the green eggs and ham, it wasn't all that good. It wasn't no manner from here. So I kind of, you know, I see him, you know. But he got something good. It says, so every day he performed a miracle for them, and they saw God's care. He saw that he was providing for them. On the Sabbath day, however, the situation was different. It was to be special. Now two miracles were performed, double food on Friday. So not only was it one miracle, now we get two on the day of preparation. Mm -hmm. And the food didn't spoil overnight. Because mm -hmm. remember now the other food spoiled. You couldn't save it for the next day. You had to eat it. That left the Sabbath for the Israelites to marvel on God as their deliverer. He delivered them out of Egypt. While I'm out here, when they murmured and complained, he still provided for them. Amen. How many of us, when somebody starts murmuring and complaining, know we're ready to cut them off? Mm-hmm. It's human nature. But we can be reformed and re-transformed by the renewing of our spirit and the renewing of our mind. Amen. We don't have to be like that anymore. We can get how God... See, that's showing God's agape love. That, that is one aspect of God's agape love. I was, just like God don't give us what we deserve, sometimes we don't even give people what they deserve. And their deliverance and rediscover what it meant to be God's people. It would also be a reminder of a particular experience of the Sabbath day that you're just supposed to rest and hear from God. And you know, just how society has gotten these days, like we always say, everything's 24 7, seven days a week. And all you have to do. You know, Pastor and I, and I know uh, Lorena old enough to remember when they used to have the blue log. You know, on, on Sundays, they, the only thing you could sell at grocery stores was groceries. You couldn't buy nothing else. Howard's used to be great. Howard's used to have a big rope around the stuff. You couldn't go in hardware. You couldn't go in clothes. Only thing you could buy was food. 
Then all of a sudden, you know, Walmart came, <laughs> AGB came, with how everything just progressed. You know, at first we was, even though it was the wrong day. So that one in there for free. But at least the thought was there. It's, it's because remember now what we said now, man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The 